Hello, I'm James Fitzsimons, and welcome to The Career Scoop, a podcast all about career progression, advice, and experiences aimed at assisting those who are in career transition. Usually on this podcast, I interview people about their careers and ask them about the advice they would give to others starting out in their field. Today, the tables have been turned. Friend for over 40 years and former guest of The Career Scoop, Declan Ryan of Irlandia Aviation, is taking over as interviewer today to ask me about my own career in the recruitment, HR, career advice industries. Uh, good morning, James. Uh, love the opportunity to uh, interview you after you interviewing so many other people. And I'm going to stick to the standard um, introduction question uh, that uh, you and the team have at Elevate. And can you give me an overview of your career today? Yeah, th- thank you, Declan. It's, it's, it's great to have you interviewing me. We, uh, we know each other for over 40 years. We were just talking before. That's for sure. About uh, we met through Wanderers Rugby Club and yeah. uh, we went on our first tour to Northern Ireland. It was that right up to Belfast? Yeah. Two years ago this December. Gosh, how time has passed. Yeah. We, 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 we thought we were going to Madrid. It was so uh, exciting. Yeah. And I do recollect out of that the following season, we thought Ryanair was actually uh, in, invented or, or, or the idea when we played in the semi final of the Macquarie Cup. and. You were in the front row and spent most of your time about to two foot off the, the ground uh, against the tear in your side. So we thought that's actually when the idea of Ryanair was 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 probably probably came into your into your head. Okay, Thank you for so, that, James. Go ahead. So uh, my career, um, gosh, um, it's funny having the tables turned. I suppose if 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 I break it down, I probably had four or five careers. Um, yeah, I I was a, an accountant or yeah. a, a part qualified accountant. Never qualified. I was given a job, very privileged, given a job to work at SKC, which is now called KPMG. Yeah. A man called Jeffrey Perrin saw something in in me. He's been a huge, actually, supporter of mine and a mentor, a very early career mentor. So I went into work in SKC, and I loved audit. Uh, I have to say, I love the ability to go out and visit companies and ask questions. And yeah. you had to do the auditing stuff, of course, but you got to you got to learn from likes of on post down to a Felmungry, which is a, a cattle hide and sheep hide down in down in Wexford, yeah. to a, a, um, a fast-moving consumer goods. So mm-hmm. fascinating. However, I wasn't academically bright, so I didn't get the exams. So Jeffrey called me in one day and said, James, it's not working for you in SKC. We don't see you bringing huge added value. And I said, Jeffrey, I think I've realized that. But he said, you know what? I think you'd be a very good career uh, um Recruiter, a recruiter. And I said, what's a recruiter? He said, go down to these guys' careers register <clears throat> run by a guy called David Wilkes and talk to them. So I went down on a Friday, talked to David Wilkes, and he said, we'd like to hire you. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then I went back up to Jeffrey. He said, David's... Straight, straight away. Straight away. David's wow. offered me a job. So I left SKC on a Friday, and I went to work with careers register in, on, in December, actually. December 1988. Uh, in uh, as a as a recruitment consultant, not really knowing what I was supposed to do, so that was the first, and that was just I was just so lucky. The gods were looking after yeah. me. Here's a job after a week when I said, "Oh my god, this is really fun." So yeah. really, what we're doing is we're talking to people, asking them questions. They tell us answers. We yeah. then talk to our clients, and we say, "We think this person's right for you," and mm. pre- predominantly in the finance. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was good at that starting off. And then our company, Careers Register, grew um, with the uh, 
IFSC, which kicked off in the early 90s. We did very well with that. And then I was very privileged 20 years ago, actually, we sold our company to CPL, PLC, who've just been sold a couple of months ago themselves. And I heard she bought us. We were their first acquisition. And that was an amazing experience because I I still see the sign on Marion Square when you walk by. (laughs) <laughs> outside, the, outside their offices, they still have it. That's right. The Careers Register brand is, is, is there forever. So so that was a fabulous experience uh, of, of doing that. And then I went to work with CPL for a year until we finished our earnout. And then at that stage, I was very tired because I know you've been through a number of, of acquisitions and disposals. It's full on. And yeah. I had a young family. Uh, my third daughter had just been born. I didn't know my third daughter because I was working probably 20 hours a day. Yeah. So I needed to, I was a bit burnt, took some time out. Sure. And then I didn't know what I wanted to do because I'd done this job as a recruiter. So then I kind of realized I had a skill set to listen. And I had lots of information from work, working with lots of different companies, all shapes and sizes of companies. So you get to hear a lot of stuff that goes on. So I became a kind of problem solver yeah. for a number of, of companies, a number of, of, of people. So yeah. that that went well. But uh, after a while, it, it really wasn't kind of firing me. So then my old partner, David Wilkes, came back. He said, why don't we put the team back together again? So we'd finish our non-compete. So we set up in 2003, Coxford, Simons and Wilkes, and we just timed it perfectly. Uh, the Celtic Tigers started to roar. And that was such a, a great experience with a young team, uh, with another partner, Susan Cox. And we just grew and grew and grew. And I was very lucky again. The the guys uh, in the business world, we, we decided to kind of part company appropriately. But, in a good way. And they bought me out in uh, March 2008, just before the world economically ended, which was great. So then I was, uh, that was my second sale. And then again, I had some time off again. So I went back into that kind of HR recruitment project um, advice. I was working with some clients and then I met you. So we, it was about 2012 and you said, you know what, you should go back into recruitment. And you said, I know a guy called, um, Paul Holland and you guys should get together. Yeah. I said, okay. And then I got together with Paul and we set up Elevate uh, yeah. Selection. And yeah. that we, we, we went very well for about two years there, primarily at the kind of C-suite level executive search. And then Paul yeah. and I had, 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 again, had a conversation. Yeah. Uh, it was time for me to, to, to move forward. And uh, I exited that business. And then I set up another Elevate business slightly separately and then we got involved in uh, Bermuda, which we're involved now. And uh, then we got involved in another recruitment business called Elevate Partners, which um, we I actually sold out of that last March. So to date, background, accountant, HR, recruitment, uh, three disposals, three sales, and some great fun on the way. Uh, isn't that the, the, and it's an amazing story. I'm going to touch upon some of my own experiences with you in a minute, Jim. Can I go back a sec? Um, and I, I think this is important, uh, not because of the school, but because of your own experience. What did you learn from boarding school? Uh, what did I learn from boarding school? That's a really good question. Um, j- just to share with your listeners, I, I'm, I'm the last in, in my family. is a 10-year gap and, and, and a 20-year gap um, between uh, me and my, my eldest sibling. Um, I, I was the only person who was sent away to kind of a private uh, boarding school. And I never realized till years later, the, re- the reason I was sent was because my father had been ill. He actually died uh, when I was in my first year there. And oh. I wasn't aware of that at the time. So they realized that here's a, that he was dying. We better, better get this guy off. So what I learned at Castlenock College 
It was a great experience uh, uh, run by the, the, the Vincentian community. What I learned was that you just had to get up and move forward. I learned discipline of routine. Uh, I learned there was a very community-driven uh, esprit de corps there where people were uh, accepted. You accepted everybody as, as, as your equal, no matter who they were. Yeah. Uh, that, was the, that was the second thing. And the third thing I learned about that, you know, you have to, you have to stand up for yourself and nobody else is going to do it for you if you don't. Yeah. And the fourth thing was that I, I was kind of good at sports, so that facilitated my own development in playing right across all areas of, 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 of sporting uh, uh, games. And then that helped, in fact, when it, when it came into the working world because I had that, maybe I had developed emotional intelligence. So they're kind of the four areas I, w- yeah. I would focus on. Yeah. I think you're being uh, very uh, modest with regard to your uh, sporting capabilities, but we can talk about that uh, another day. Uh, can, can I just go back to the boarding school a bit? Um, surely it must be people skills, uh, James, because uh, my own experience also went to uh, a boarding school is it's kind of sink or swim. And uh, once you make a decision that you're going to swim, you really have to work on your people skills. And I, I, you know, I didn't know you well enough when I first met you, but I really saw your people skills after college. And I, I just wonder when I was walking up today uh, to the office, was the boarding school a factor in, you know, somebody who's done several recruitment businesses, because that's all about people. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good question. I never really thought of it in that way. Yes, I think so. I mean, in my year, we had, I think there was 55 people in the year. There were within that, I think we had 25 of the guys were farmers, yeah. sons of farmers. Yeah. And they brought a kind of a very relaxed on one level. They were going back to farm. Yeah. Um, they were very gregarious, very open. They weren't sweating about the academics or where you might go. That, that probably helped as well. But I think I, I was also a tennis player. And from a young age, uh, at, at 11 or 12, I was playing with adults. Yeah. So what happened was you, you, you had to, you know, you're being driven to playing for your club in Sutton Tennis Club and you were driven to play against another club. You had to talk to them because they yeah. were driving you there. So I, I think that that was really, when I look back, there was those type of, of experiences, particularly the sport, that you were forced that you had to develop your skill sets. Um, and then I was very lucky. I had some very good adults around who would, they were happy to, to drive you, sure. they chat to you, and they treat you as an equal. So as a result, you'd, you sort of develop those skills. Yeah, and uh, I, just a little bit of a kind of segue with regard to my own experience. Um, I came from uh, Asia to go to boarding school. And, you know, to meet a guy from Donegal or Cork or whatever, and farming or whatever was their background. It just grounded you. I don't mean like in an entitled way. It just grounded you that fucking hurling is really an amazing game. And, you know, maybe when you come from Sutton or other parts of the world, as well as Dublin, you just don't understand how important hurling is or ga or whatever. And it's not just sports. It's, 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 it's everything. Like I remember some of the guys uh, being in the abattoir business and them getting picked up by a truck that had been down in Salins. And Jesus, the smell of the place, you know, but, you know, it was a leveler and uh, it was great. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And yeah. I think you've hit the point there is that these guys were tough. And oh. They were using their hands and they took no no crap. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to also, also, James had, uh, and I think it's fair to say about a lot of Irish people, great people skills. You know, they 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 grew up in communities, and uh, you know, um, they wouldn't necessarily be the. Um, you know, uh, what I loved about a lot of them was uh, they treated everybody fairly. You know, they weren't necessarily. Uh, I don't want to kind of generalize, but a lot of them were. The people who weren't the bullies uh, and, and people who were uh, just decent, you know, and so on. I want to move on. Something you never talk about. Um, you come from a high achieving family. Did, did that have a knock on effect or did or did you with the age gap to you? I'm talking about your brother, your dad and so on. You don't talk about it that much. But if you look back on it and I don't know enough about your other sins, but it's a pretty high achieving family. Gosh, and we, we never really, I suppose, the way we were brought up, we never thought of it. In that yeah, sense. yeah. Uh, I mean, my brother Owen is 20 years older than me, and uh, he... But he was an attorney general. He was an attorney general. Um, but even before that, he won a scholarship to Yale. Wow. In, in the 1960s. Wow. Um, and, and it was funny, and I, I know you've been a great benefactor to the people, but some paddy in yeah. America yeah. spent money specifically yeah. for an Irish kid who did law to go to Yale. Yeah, and yeah. my brother happened to find out and applied and got it. Yeah, yeah. So, so he went like in the sixties when he'd never yeah. been in a plane. And, and and your folks probably never visited him. No, they'd never been to America. My my dad was my dad joined the bank at eighteen and worked his way up and actually did very well in his, in, in the last number of years. Yeah. Uh, he was the former the last managing director of the Hibernian Bank, which became part of the Bank of Ireland. Yeah. But that was after starting off as a bank teller at eighteen. So we were very. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we were, I suppose we were well off in, in, in one level, but very, very low key. Uh, so that's it. My, and my other brother, Paul, was, was a banker for a long time and uh, had a fabulous career, great sports person. I, I think maybe my, 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 mom, my mom got married at 21. They had a great work ethic. And yeah. it, it was a lovely home to, to grow up. And yeah. in a funny story, my father was never there for the, my other siblings, yeah. uh, my, other, my sister, Rona and, and Nessa. Uh, Nessa, who's a solicitor, worked a very big job in the revenue commissioners. Not sure if I could mention that to people listening. Uh, she was very good at what she did. She was, uh, 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 and my my sister Rona, who's back working and just about to retire at sixty-seven. Um, so I, I I think we were very uh, well brought up. But mum was she was the homemaker, uh, yeah. and my dad was probably never there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because he was out. And those yeah. days working so well, working, they finished at five and then they kind of socialized and a lot of work got done then. But then when I came along with the 10 year gap, he was retired. So yeah. I had great, uh, yeah. I got everything from him. Like I, I remember, and, and he was just one of these people who talked to everybody. And maybe we go back to the people skills. Yeah. Like we used to go play bingo. Like, and here is a guy who is, uh, was, was retired, uh, banker who was a director of the Bank of Ireland, which is kind of a thing yeah. uh, at, at that stage. Still is. And we're playing uh, we're playing um, uh, um, bingo. We're playing bingo in the local school. And, yeah. and back then, the people, people like my dad didn't play yeah. bingo. Yeah. And the people who played bingo were people coming from Holt or coming from around and tend to be female yeah. And they'd be in, this is their night out, and there was yeah. me and my dad, and they'd be there smoking 
I say 60 with about four cards. Mm-hmm. And if you got the call wrong, you got eaten. Oh, yeah. These good. are dynamic, dynamic women. So that I remember that. Also, I remember he, he used to do the grocery shopping. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't realize that he, he was the guy who coached Fergal Quinn. So we'd right. go down, we'd go down, I'd be eight years of age walking around Super Quinn talking to Fergal Quinn, who was, who was my friend, like in that yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but, uh, and I, I like it a lot about you, James, but I, I have to say, if other people had a, a family member who was an AG who went to Yale, probably one of the first ever Irishmen to go to Yale, maybe, I, I don't know enough about the history. Uh, there's a lot of banking in the background, you know, having that job that your dad had was a serious job, but it, I, 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 what's the lovely expression? You know, um, that didn't fall off the back of the truck. You know, no. I mean, he was. I mean, he was also president of Bex's Rugby Club when Cliff Morgan played there. So he was one of these guys who he had huge people skills. So obviously, and, the uh, listen. In those days, banking was all about the manager and 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 the CEO and so on. And and I'm sh- I'm sure there was clients who wouldn't talk. What was your dad's name? Jimmy, Jimmy Fitzsimmons. Yeah, I say there was people who wouldn't do business unless they spoke to Jimmy, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, it doesn't matter the size of the account. I've always dealt with Jimmy, you know. Yeah, so, uh, and uh, I, I think back then those bank managers and and the, the last I remember was a guy called Victor Brophy, who was my bank manager, who gave yeah, me, who, who yeah. was a brilliant man. He's, he's passed now, but he's a brilliant banker. But they could look at people and say, yeah, I give him or I give her, I give that company money. They had yeah. a feel, uh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. all gone. And I they were very... Hugely supportive promoting uh, Irish businesses. Yeah, and you, you know what I loved about those uh, people, um, and I heard stories from my own family and stuff, is they were beside you when when the shit happened. So, you know, you never forgotten. And, and that, that's what loyalty was about. And, you know, you would say, I'll stick with Hibernia or Bank of Ireland for the rest of my days. Uh, unusual question, but I think you're, you knew, you knew that was coming from me anyway. Talk to me about the Carol effect, because... Um, People don't, I'm, I'm not talking about uh, primarily as your good lady and wife, but from her own career experience and her uh, high level of intelligence and so on, how is that, I don't think people talk about it enough with regard to how their personal partners affect their career. Uh, wow, uh, that's really a left field question, which uh, I must borrow actually. That's a great question. I mean, I've been very, I am very lucky. I'm punching way up. First of all, she's a, 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 a magnificent person, magnificent yeah. uh, partner. I love her. I love her to that. She's, she's, uh, um, I'm punching way above my, my we know that my, way above my weight and always have been. So I'm still, I still pinch myself and that. I, I think in our dynamics. Sorry, just a little background. Give us yeah. Carol's uh, yeah. qualifications. Carol's uh, uh, trained in, in PwC, Craig Gardner, PwC. She's a, a chartered accountant, fellow yep. at FCA. She uh, worked in banking. Yep. Uh, she worked in education. She was she was bursar at one stage for NCI College. Really? Yeah, yep. back in which I know you you you, had some, you have some involvement yep. with when they were up in um, Ranelagh. Yeah, in, in Gonzaga's grounds, yep. and uh, she had her own <coughs> own business as as an accountant, working yep. for a company account, working for helping small businesses. And she then she was also involved as a lecturer and 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 setting the professional exams in the Institute of Chartered Accountants. Yeah. Um, so I should have said before she became an accountant, she's a microbiologist. So she's 
Wow. You know, she, she, she's super smart. You, you really are punching above your own. Oh, with, with, without a doubt. I'm still trying to figure out what the XY chromosome is. I got I got E in biology. Uh, 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 <laughs> and in Castanac, we had a great, a great thing. E was for excellent. Because <laughs> with all the farmers, we all got E. So it was a, well, a, a good friend of ours uh, said on his, uh, and we'll talk about him uh, another time. We won't mention his name, but... He had a similar thing. NG was not great. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty good. So Carol, that was Carol's career. But I mean, yeah. she took time out when we we made a call when we had our first child, Rachel, nearly thirty years ago, nineteen ninety two. Sorry, twenty nine years ago, uh, that she would she would become homemaker. Uh, she made that call, and now she did the 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 education at night and weekends from the point of view of the lecturing. But like at that stage, we bought a house. We had no money. Interest rates for God, his face for 15, 14%, 15%. Wow. At that stage. So we're just about keeping it together. So yeah. she, she was that, so enable me to do what I'm doing, to be perfectly honest. So that's it. And now, actually, she's a partner in our business. Yeah, but I, 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 I think um, you have to, um, and when I look at Carol, uh, I just think you have to look at the way your various businesses, the recruitment businesses happened. And you know, you would be coming home to somebody, A, very knowledgeable about the numbers, but B, there was an instinct there with regard to just, you know, supporting you. And so, I mean, supporting you career-wise, not not as a wife, but just as a... Yeah, you know. no, no, she was great. And she'd go mad now because I'd kind of talk to, i just talk to people. And yeah. you might stay for that extra pint wherever you were, which... which <laughs> no. No, which, which, which at times, sometimes that's when the we'll, magic can happen. Appropriately. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about Max Boyce another time. <laughs> can appropriately, can appropriately happen. Uh, but, but now, but rolling forward now, Carol is now partner in our business. She's executive search. She, she runs the numbers. So without, without her, actually, yeah. we wouldn't have uh, the business we have now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and probably that has a knock on effect where Amy can look at her mom and it looks like, you know, she looks at both of her pops or her parents. Uh, but, go but, well, but, you know. But I, I, I think just to comment on the working styles, that's the thing that you you mentioned when you work together with your partner. That's a really tough thing because you mm-hmm. you you've got a boundaries, you got to switch off. Yeah, and, can, how you do. and you've two different styles. Whereas yeah. I'm kind of a bit more fluid, where she wants everything right. So we have to, and we've learned a lot from each other that way. I'm I'm gonna one more off the script, and then I'll go back to the script in a minute. Why don't you talk more about your philanthropy, James? Because you do a lot. And you I remember when you sold careers register, and uh, I don't want to give out too much of the details, but you made an amazing uh, donation and investment uh, uh, then. And, you know, it's it, it, you're always uh, uh, giving uh, praise to other people. And you, you don't, I'm not suggesting you should, you know, uh, wear a T-shirt about it, but, is there something people I don't think know about you? Yeah, well, sorry, thank you. I, I, I don't see, I don't necessarily see it that way, but I, I, I know what you're saying. I, I think I was brought up that, yeah, yeah, you, you, you know, yeah. you, you give first and yeah. you accept people, and you know, and, and giving is very easy, and giving can be a smile, Jacqueline. It's not necessarily just money, yeah, uh, sure. uh, you know, and, and I, you, give, you give your skill sets, yeah, yeah. Just to support people. But maybe it goes back to my, I, I, and again, this is something I heard. Uh, recently, my father's sister, yeah, uh, she was known as Auntie Birdie, who was a spinster, yeah. Yeah. and uh, his other brother was a priest as, yeah. as back then. But what I didn't know, she used smuggled Bibles into Russia and China. 
in the 60s. Wow. Now, this is a spinster yeah. who lived alone, yeah. who worked in a bank job and, and as a teller for all her life. She was a spy, yeah. smuggling Bibles in. So maybe maybe that, that gene is there. But for me, I think that the Castellanoc, the, 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 some wonderful priests, yeah. you know, priests get a hard life, so that if you give, you get, and, and, yeah. and that's it. And, and it's within all of us that, like, it's the accent of birth. You mentioned about, like, I, I, was very, I am very privileged. It's an accent of birth sometimes. That I, I, well, hold on a sec. I didn't use the word privilege. I, I, I said that you came from a high-achieving family, and not many people know that. It's oh, okay. very different than the word privilege is the fucking crown or something like that. You know? Well, well I, like, I never have to worry about uh, you know, f- food coming to my table. That's privilege to me. A roof yeah. over my head or having water. That's what I mean by that. And that's accent of birth. And maybe upbringing and... and I don't know. You, you, that was it. You, 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 but, but are you saying, James, and like it obviously r- will rub off on your girls, but are you saying when it comes to philanthropy and giving or whatever phrase uh, people want to use, investing is you just get on and do it and it's something that you kind of don't kind of necessarily talk about? I don't mean you personally, but. Well, I don't. I think you just do it. You, you don't overthink about it. It shouldn't be a thing. It's just if you, if you see a need you there and you, you do. I, just do it. And, yeah. and that's from a smile to giving, say, some of the side of the road, yeah. a tenor of you, whatever you have in, 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 in your pocket, or, or uh, that, that's it. And I, I think maybe, yeah, I don't overthink it. I think if you overthink it, you don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure, for, or, or the motivation is different. The motivation is different. But it's, okay, back, back to the uh, hymn sheet here. Um, what advice would you give a 22-year-old graduate? Who, 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 you're dealing with a lot of young people anyway, so what advice do you give regularly? Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very privileged again. I'm working at the moment with 10 young, young kids, as I call them, um, 22 leaving college, and the whole world's been, been take, as they see it, taken away, away from them. I think you've just got to... Um, You've got to breathe. First of all, uh, this, this pandemic and thing will 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 uh, uh, will pass, and the world will 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 write itself appropriately. Uh, one, two. I, I think develop uh, if they can now develop their their communication skills. I, I think technology is brilliant, but it takes away the practice that we yeah. you and I. Uh, if you go back to our generation, like I'll see you next Friday in O'Dwyer's pub. Yeah, yeah. we turn up because yeah. you, you couldn't text or phone to say yeah, yeah. Or, or if you're going to be late you'd ring someone in the pub and you'd say so I think or, communicate or, or, or uh, James we might sorry to cut across it we might be networking yeah. I, I might have said to you listen can you introduce me to somebody who knows something about aviation and you go well I know one guy and you'd be there yeah you know so communication and yeah. networking and then just just breathe and take it easy. That like, like I'm, I've been again with the, with the podcast and like last Wednesday, Derek Kenny from from Hong Kong. Derek didn't uh, finish his leaving. Derek didn't go to college, and he's hitting the ball out of the park in Hong Kong. So just be yourself, trust yeah. yourself, and be that human. And you know, and and I, I think that's that's the that's the advice. Be yourself. Don't be somebody else. And then knock on people's doors and make an ask. Yeah. And I think your, your friend Deirdre Mattel, Mortel uh, taught me that. Make the ask. Most yeah, people yeah. say, that's great. I'm happy to do that. Yeah, There's yeah. the two bits of advice. Yeah, I, I like that in the um, podcast you did with her. Uh, they, they, you, might, you might catch them on a really bad day and they kick you out of the office. But invariably, a couple of years later, 
they'll invest half a million or whatever it is uh, in you and so on. So two final questions. Um, the first one is, talk to me a bit about leadership. I, I don't mean leadership uh, that you've done yourself. And, you know, I would, uh, my, my captaincy was stolen from me in Wanderers and handed to you. So I, 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 I'm very good at forgetting those kind of things. But moving on, to be serious, I don't think we live in a world that we talk about leadership enough because one of the things that COVID has shown, uh, James, is leadership's critical. Like, you know, Trump and Johnson aren't regarded as good leaders. And it's great seeing the women, you know, hit it out of the ballpark and Merkel and Arden down in New Zealand and Finland and so on. Talk to me about leadership. Can, can, you, can you see that in somebody straight away? Or do we teach it? Do we, what, how do we get the Paul O'Connells and the Leo Weyakards of the world? Yeah, I, I think it's going back to, to at someone at 14, 15, yeah. when they had the capacity, just to gently bring some models in. Not everybody can be that leader yeah, 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 for in sure. that level. But yeah. I, I think if people have confidence, yeah. and, and then you give them a structure where they can develop their leadership skills, there are naturals who just have it. Uh, and that's maybe nature, nurture, who knows. But I, I think it can be learned a little bit. And yeah. to, uh, what, what age, James? Teenage? I think yeah that 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 fourteen fifteen uh, that that authority to accept their own voice, yeah. uh, that they have a voice and the voice is power. That's 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 been a leader at a very a very like I I, I remember. Uh, I remember. But isn't that hard to do? Can I challenge you a little bit? That's hard to do at school. Like if you stand up for a debate, there's just all the lads in the back. Around, just he, he, dying to rip you down, you know. So, how 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 do you stand up when you're um, a teenager? Uh, well, I I think when you, I'm saying that someone that that schools, I think this is something, or maybe I I I challenge you in a sense, you know, in your philanthropy work. I think this is an area that we can imbue people with, with with the starter skill sets that that they they they, they do. Everybody everybody's kind of built the same. Yeah, but yeah. if you can say someone, here you go, here's here's how. Now you can bring someone to their level of competency. They may not be the Paul O'Connell or the Brian O'Driscoll yeah. or the Angela Merkel, but they'll get to their level of competency, and that's all they have to do. Yeah. So I think I think you could run a program. I, sorry, I know you can run a program of very simple communication skills, a little bit of workshops around that, a bit of fun, and then people can can try. And and, and when you meet somebody, James, um, in in let's say the uh, I'm going to use the category of youth. Do, do, do you tell them you see leadership there? Well, I, I tell you a, a great story about leadership, if I can. I, I, I was refereeing. Uh, I was a, 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 a very good referee. Some people might disagree for 27 years, but I was refereeing a, a school game in, in Renala between two, two sides, one from, yeah. from posh Dublin and one from um, down the country. Yeah. And it was, it was very competitive and very combative and, it, 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 the ball was moving around and I, I came uh, to after the ball had moved for a long time around and nobody make a mistake and I was losing in effect my breath and I had to be supposedly up at play and somebody knocked the ball down and so I arrived and I, I could hardly speak I was red in the face and <clears throat> and there was a, one of the, uh, the the school was Gonzaga one of the Gonzaga guys was on the ground he looked like he was injured so I kind of leaned down and said are you okay trying to be in control? And he looked up to me, are you okay? And <laughs> you, you want me to stay down here? You know? And I said, yes. Yeah. Now, that's leadership. 
in, in my sense. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. In that sense. So I think someone like someone gave it's him. It's also a charm. Well, he read. Well, he read yeah. what was in front yeah, of him, yeah. and, and he handled his voice was perfect. Yeah. He could do no wrong after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's very to, clever. I'd love to meet him again, but he took and, a risk. And, and uh, I'll uh, remind you, uh, one of the clever things I learned uh, down in Wanderers was uh, I won't say his name, but he was a All Ireland footballer as well. Every time he got a penalty, he thanked the ref, and I just thought that was so clever because it was manners. Mm. Uh, but he's a leader, like he was in the army, everything. You know, but it, it was very. But you could teach that, or you could teach us. Probably, you you can imbue that into people at fourteen, fifteen. They may not be at the same dynamic, but at least you're giving opening up their skill set. The possibility. Yeah, I, 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 we're, we're, and, and we'll debate it another time uh, because of uh, the, the the time allocated for this podcast. But I'm not too sure, and I'm not just uh, having a look at Ireland uh, school systems. I'm not too sure. Uh, we recognize our leaders early enough, and and you know I, I'm not make, I'm not saying make them elite. I'm just saying that if people have those skill sets, to you know the French do it very well, like probably over the top on the basis that the college you go to, you know, you're going to be a prime minister or whatever. But mm. there's something in that, you know. I completely agree. But I mean, you you've sponsored so many social entrepreneurs. That they're leaders and, 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 and they have an idea and then they, they, they have to push it out there and it's within them and once they learn some skills. Yeah, I think they're leaders of crisis. <laughs> but anyway, last question for you, sir. What's going to be different in your life post-COVID? That's a really, a really super question. Uh, for me, I'm going to double down and grab what's presented to me in front of me and not say no. Great, great. That, that's, that's, that's it. And that's and because sometimes I can be a bit conservative. I won't do that all. Now I'm going to grab it. Once, it, sorry, once it's positive and, and appropriate. Okay. On that note, I'd like to finish up. It was a, a privilege, sir. Declan, you're very kind. And thank you very much. Thank you for listening to The Career Scoop, brought to you by Elevate Career Advice and Elevate Executive Selection. I'm James Fitzsimons, and I hope you've enjoyed listening. Tune in next week for another episode. Hope to see you there.